welcome to this week's episode of The Telly Show with me, Fiona Flynn. This week, I got to chat to James Marsters, aka Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer fame. I'm a huge fan of the series, and this was like all my Christmases at once. He was out in town recently for the Dublin Comic Con and was nice enough to come into the studio here for a chat, which was great. Um, got to talk to him about so much to do with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, including how his role went from being what was initially supposed to be just a few episodes into being there, as fans know, until the very end, as well as his favourite episodes and also his absolute worst day on set, which he gives a really, really thoughtful and honest answer to and I just he was just such a lovely guy um you'll see for yourself when you listen but yeah he was just yeah very genuine and um lovely to chat to and yeah don't know about meeting your heroes but you should definitely meet your villains (laughs) I've been practicing that one I'm still pinching myself that I got to have this chat with them and I really hope you enjoy too James welcome to Ireland and the telly show that's good to be here this is your first time here Yes. I, how has that happened and been, what are you thinking of it? I've been all around the world and I've, I've, this is my first time coming to Ireland and I don't know why because I've always wanted to come. Yeah. Um, I guess I've just been waiting for someone to invite me. Yeah. And now Dublin Comic Con is on and <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's no, the perfect I, excuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I, uh, I've always wanted to come to Ireland and, and uh, I'm quite happy to be here. I will say, you know, I've been all over the world and I've, and I've seen almost nothing. Really? Just so busy working? Yeah. Well, like, like I always tell my friends, like, I'm going, I'm going to Dublin. And they're always like, you lucky. And I'm like, well, I'm going to work. So I'm going to probably try to sleep. Yeah. And then, uh, and then go to work. So I'm, it's not going to be like what you think. It yeah. Is. A hardcore yeah. partying weekend in Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be here, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to see Dublin. Yeah. When yeah. I come back. Uh, later. Yeah, well, hopefully you'll get like a nice taster for it now that you'll come back for a holiday and properly take it all in. Yeah, if I if I had to go to one place in Dublin, where should I go? Oh, God, if you had to go to one place in Dublin. Like for food for or f- coffee. Oh, coffee. Um, there's a lovely place on Capel Street called Brother Hubbard that'd be nice for food or coffee. Okay. Yeah, Brother that's Hubbard. more like brunch kind of thing. Though. Brother Hubbard as opposed to Mother Hubbard. Yes, exactly. It's Brother okay. Hubbard. Okay. Um, Is there a story there? No. I'm interviewing <laughs> Maybe there you is. now. Yeah. Okay. I'll shut <laughs> now up. I'm like, I researched so much for this role, but I didn't look up food restaurants in. <laughs> uh, getting to your big, big role that I really want to talk to you about is Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. I was just telling you already that I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, and one thing that took me by surprise, um, and it was in the years afterwards, is that you're not actually British, James. No. Yeah. And like, was I like, I was, I was popular over here. Yes. But I was British. Yeah. You weren't like, oh, I like him except for the fact that he's British. <laughs> we actually got, we got over else. that just for you. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. no, why, did, British, um, why was the character British? Um, Joss, uh, the guy who thought up the whole uh, Buffy Joss universe, Whedon, course, Joss Whedon, yeah. um, he wanted uh, a punk rock vampire. Right. And punk started in London. Uh, in the 70s, when a whole generation woke up to the fact that their parents had made no room for them in the economy or the culture, and they, they rebelled against that. And, uh, and he told me that he wanted um, the Sid Vicious of the Vampire set. And the thing is, I'm a punk rocker from the, the States, and I grew up in the 70s. Yeah. I, remember, I remember watching The Clash uh, in San Francisco. I remember helping the audience destroy the Cow Palace. Nice. Uh, they didn't let another rock show in there for 20 years because of the damage we did to the cow pal. Um, Very punk rock. You've I done remember, the research for this role then. Yeah. Like I was, I was, and I was, like, I was like, Josh, you don't want Sid, man. And he's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, 
Okay, you want Sid? I'll give you Sid. Here's Sid. Uh, girls like me because I've got a nice face and a good figure. I'm like, Sid was an idiot, man. <laughs> Sid didn't play on the album. He ruined the tour. He, you don't, he, that's a horrible, horrible idea. Yeah. And he just, I said, if, if you want anybody, you want like, John, you want Johnny, you want Johnny Rotten. And, um, and he's like, well, whatever, just give me, just give me something punk. And I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah. And you were only ever supposed to be in it for a few episodes. Yeah, um, I was Drusilla's boy toy. Mm. I was um, the idea was that Buffy and Angel were finally going to sleep together. Yes, and then Angel was going to go evil, uh, and then to prove that he was a, a, a the big bad, he was going to kill me. So in order to be the big bad, you have to kill the big bad. So they built me up to be really cool, just so that Angel could look really cool. When Taking he you down. Evil, and the whole mm. point being, of course, that we're going to break Buffy's heart. That's the whole the overarching thing. Uh, and and so Angel kills me and takes up with Drusilla so that Buffy can get her heart broken. Mm. And um, I I probably wouldn't have gotten the role if Juliet Landau hadn't taken to me. Really, we just kind of clicked in the audition because we were both from theater, mm. and uh, and it worked out. And that was the only reason. But yeah, I was supposed to die in five. Yeah. And, and they kept me around, yeah. And they kept, because you kind of were one of those enduring presences throughout, you know, you might dip in and out throughout the college years, but then they really kind of found a role for you more in the later seasons of the show. Yeah, you know, what happened was they, um, they lost Cordelia. Yes, yeah. C Cordelia was the character who said, Buffy, you're stupid and we're all about to die. <laughs> And, True. <laughs> and she was she was taken over to the spin-off Angel when Angel started as a spin-off show mm. and they took her over so they needed a character to tell Buffy that she was stupid. And uh, Joss was was talking to Sarah about who it should be and Sarah said, said what about Spike? And they tried me out. And that's why early on, uh, and I guess this is season four, mm. early on you see me running around um, trying not to burn to death in the sunshine with a smoking blanket because <laughs> yeah. they're just trying to get me into the room so I can tell Buffy she's a moron. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, and very quickly I think we all realized that this is not going to work long term. We can't keep running him in with a smoking blanket. It's going to mm. get old. And I thought I was going to get fired. I thought I was going to lose a really good job at that point, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose at the end of season five, when Buffy died, there was there any kind of worry then that the season wouldn't continue on, or did you always know it would come back for season six? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the fans didn't know. <laughs> like, it was, it, I'm on a show now, and we're waiting to hear if we're season getting Season three of up. Runaways, yes, yeah. yeah. And, and we're waiting to see if we get a season three. Mm. And I, I didn't realize how spoiled we were on Buffy, because we heard that we were going to get picked up for a new season by the time we were midway through the season that we were filming. We right. Were, we were never in any doubt yeah. that we were going to go on. Uh, in fact, the show would have gone beyond seven years if they could have talked Sarah into doing more. Really? But the problem was is that they they toasted that poor woman. They, they burned her to death. They, it, we worked for 12 to 20 hours every week, uh, every day on, mm. on, on Buffy. Uh, yeah. And she was in almost every scene. And so by the time... 
season seven, we were filming season seven, and they're just, they're throwing so much money at her, come back, come back. She's yeah. like, I am marrying Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm taking it easy. I did, it's not about money. I want to live. Yeah, you know? and yeah. And so they couldn't talk. About and I mean, I suppose at that point, the character had been had died, had come back to life. You know, there was so much that happened to Buffy. Yeah. Um, and for your character in Buffy then, how did you feel in season six when you read about the, when you first read the script about your romance with Buffy? Oh yeah, I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> in hell. Yeah. Like, I I I remember going to Joss and uh you know the character Riley? Yes, remember yes, him? yeah. So um they were always taking his shirt off. And I remember going to Joss and saying, Joss, if you want to do that to me, can you please give me some lead time? Because I don't want to be like Mark. Like you just hire a guy and just rip his shirt off. Yeah, because it's like yeah. being in shape for life is one thing, but being in shape so that you look good on camera is like a whole nother level. Really? The, yeah, <laughs> the, the camera actually, how do you say? It's just, you have to put so much light on a set to film it that when you have that much light, it just destroys definition. And so right. to have the kind of body that still looks defined under a movie lighting setting is just, it's a whole nother world. Like, right. like you have to, you have to build up to it. You have to have a special diet, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's a big deal. So I was like, can you just tell me, give, give me a couple months, so I can give you what you want. But that's how we do it here, Joss. Yeah, know? yeah. And he goes, oh yeah, well, um, uh, summer's coming up, so uh, you're gonna, you're gonna fall in love with Buffy. So get ready. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Uh, but of course, we're never going to sleep together because that would be ridiculous. <laughs> and he said, "He said, no, no, you're going to sleep together a lot, actually." And, a lot, and actually. he just turned and <laughs> walked away, and I was like, uh, "What?" You know, because I, I, I didn't really, th I could see why Buffy, a uh, boy, Spike would fall for Buffy, but I had n no clue why she would fall for him. It didn't make sense to me at all. Mm. Yeah, I suppose she kind of had to spiral into that kind of self-destructive mode, and then exactly. you know. Spike was the ideal man in that situation. Yeah. And I remember watching it as well and being fairly taken aback by how spicy the sex scenes were between you two. I mean, it was all fairly, the teenage ransom with Angel was very much, you know, holding hands, staring into each other's eyes. But this was like, you know, chemistry. What happened was, is, is that the show jumped networks. Uh, right, it yeah, went from yeah. the WB to the UPN in the States. And uh, we were the only show to jump before, like, without getting canceled first, because we weren't getting resurrected by someone. Joss actually just said, we're going elsewhere. Right. And um, it was the very beginning of the UPN network, and they had no standards and practices office, which is the office to tell artists, no, that's too naughty. Right. You can't do that. And, uh, and so the writing staff recognized they probably had one season to do anything. Yeah. And that's why I think you saw that kind of content. And yeah. I remember telling Joss, like, isn't this for young people? <laughs> like, oh, we loved it. We were fine. Doing, you know? And he goes, well, that's how you grow up. You watch television that's inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, it was. But it worked so well for those two characters. Um, and also, another scene I wanted to talk to you about, I suppose it was probably the most shocking scene, I guess, for me anyway, watching it, was the bathroom scene. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about that when, I, when oh. you read that script? Uh, not good. Um, I... I don't watch that kind of content. Like if it pops up on television, I have to turn it off or it'll right. ruin my week. If a, if, the, if a movie has it, I'd never go see that movie. I don't read books with that kind of stuff. It, it just, because of my history, it's something that I, I, I don't want to inflict myself with. Um, I remember going 
on set and telling the, 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 the person who wrote the episode, you don't really understand what you put actors through. Like, you, you write this stuff, but I have to live it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I remember, uh, I remember f curling up in the fetal position in between takes when we were filming it uh, and just, I had this idea that if I, if I just hit, hit my head against the, 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 the concrete floor, I could fly through the floor and get out of here. Oh, gosh. And, it yeah, it was, it was the worst day of my professional career. It was horrible. Yeah. Sent me into therapy, which right. turned out to be a really good thing because yeah. I'm a lot happier now than before. Uh, so it's all good. Yeah. What I'll tell you, though, is that, uh, and this is going to get into the secret that I promised that yes. I will tell you. This is the secret of Buffy writing is that Joss asked his, his writing staff to come up with their worst day. The day that uh, they don't talk about, the day that they hurt someone, or the day that they were hurt so badly right. that uh, that that it's their it's their it's their dark secret, yeah, the one that keeps you up at night, you know, and then slap fangs on top of that and tell the whole world, yeah, yeah, and so it it is a consistent act of vulnerability and bravery every episode of one of the writers, and there were nine of them, wow. coming up with one of those memories. Yeah, Usually yeah. around high school years. Yeah, know, really yeah. hard stuff. And uh, I, I think that's the secret of, of why the writing resonates with people so much. Because it's not, it's not a bunch of adults telling, uh, saying, you know, uh, this is what you should be thinking about when you're growing up, kids. Mm. This, is just, this is just a bunch of artists going, you know, this sucked for me. This is horrible for me. Yeah. Am I alone, or does it, did anyone else go through something like this? Mm. Um, and so it's not preachy; uh, it's vulnerable. Um, and in this circumstance, for for seeing red was the name of the episode. Yeah. Um, one of the female writers in college, actually, uh, her boyfriend broke up with her, and she showed up in in at his uh, apartment thinking that if we sleep together one more time, everything will be fixed. Right. And she just threw herself on him, and he had to physically push her off and, 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 and throw her out. And it was one of her worst memories of her life. Yeah. And I think that they thought that since Buffy is a superhero and has the ability to throw Spike through a wall if she wants, yeah, yeah. that they could flip the sexes. And what I thought about it was that everyone who watches Buffy is Buffy. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Vi that's the vicarious experience that is storytelling. That's like so when true. you yeah, watch yeah. Hamlet, you are Hamlet. Mm. That's, that's how we do it. And the audience ain't Buffy. So Spike's going to be attacking the audience here. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's going to have a whole different resonance. Man. Yeah. Um, but that was... That's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think the other part of that is that um, Joss was, was getting ever more frustrated by the fact that the whole season was about the fact that, that Buffy was, was desperate and you, you talked about getting self-destructive. She mm. was with the wrong guy. Spike was the wrong guy. He was a soulless vampire at that point. And this was not a relationship that he wanted the audience to celebrate at all. Right. And he kept having us do things that were more and more disturbing. And the audience kept saying, oh, this is fabulous. More of yeah, that. Yeah. And he's like, what do I have to do yeah. to convince the audience that this is the wrong choice for her? And he kept going further and further and further and further. 
until we got to that point. I mean, he and at that point, they just pulled out all the stops. They really, because it was a turning point. Because the character of Spike was always someone you sort of loved to hate, yeah. and then after that, it was like, oh God, this is the dark side of Spike. Were you worried then about how your character could kind of redeem himself after something like that? Because that was, I mean, the catalyst then oh, for him to go yeah. looking for his soul. And yeah. you know, were you worried about the kind of legacy of Spike even with that? Uh, you know, at that point. I mean, it was it was it was it was very traumatic for me to do that, mm -hmm. and at that point, I was just like, "Well, guys, if you can figure it out, figure it out. If you can't, I'm gone." Like, I, I, it, it, it was. I was. I went into a depression, so it was, it was kind of like, whatever happened. <laughs> like, I would have. It kind of might have been a relief if they would have gotten rid of me. I'm glad they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, and again, I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I understand why Joss needed to do that. I understand why the writer thought of that. Um, I'm, uh, I'm happy for it all. And frankly, you know, uh, as any artist, you, you're, you're doing your best stuff when you're outside of your comfort zone. Mm. Uh, if, you're, if you're too happy and comfortable about something, you're probably not brave enough about what you're doing, you know? Yeah. So, um, so it was a gift in that way, and, uh, but it was hard. Yeah. And what did you think about Spike's ultimate journey into the finale of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Or, or what did you think of how it ended altogether? Oh, it was fabulous. Yeah. You know, um, uh, he, made, he made a little step toward, toward redeeming himself. Yeah, you know, um, I think so. I think by the end, you know, there was, the work had been put in with the character to sort of, you knew there was never going to be anything more in that relationship, you know, romantically, but that... Yeah there was still kind of a respect and a friendship there. Yeah, that's, uh, like a lot of people are like, well, at the end you saved the whole world. I'm like, no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't realize that I was gonna have to do that. Yeah. Like it was kind of a surprise, <laughs> yeah. what? Oh my God, and I'm dead. Yeah. So I, I didn't sacrifice myself for the world, but I think the thing that the redeemed spike for me is when she says, I love you, and he says, no you don't, but thanks for saying so. Yeah. Because I think you, real, you, you can see that Spike knows that he's not good enough for her. Yeah, he's he, he's gotten a soul, and he and with the soul now he can realize, oh, I'm I've got a lot of growing to do before I'm on your level. You're mm. a true good person. You sacrifice yourself for other people. You do good all the time. I have never done anything like that, and and it's going to be a while before I'm worthy of your love. So you're a kind person, and you want to give me something that that you know I want, but mm. but it's it's not it's not real. Um, yeah. One question I really want to know, we've talked about probably I suppose the worst episode for you filming, but what is your favorite episode of Buffy of all time? Oh my God, there's so many. There is so many. I don't know how so I choose, so I don't know why I'm inflicting this question on you. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> um, I, I am tempted to say the body. Oh yeah. Actually, because uh, there was no laughs, mm. there were no special effects, there was no music, mm. there was no stunts. No makeup. There's no magic. It was just this, it was just a story of a of a young uh, woman that was losing her parent to cancer or to death. Mm, uh, natural causes, yeah, I guess, something that she causes. could, yeah. And uh, and I think that we proved that we didn't need any of the any of the monsters to be compelling. Mm. Uh, uh, and I was really impressed with it. Also, I got the week off. So yeah, because you weren't in that nice. episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, that's great. Added bonus. You know, I felt yeah. really well rested for I that, do. I've so. actually written about it before, and I do think that episode is probably one of the best TV examples of a person dealing with a sudden death. 
yeah. just from how it was filmed, how the, like the immediate reaction, you know, it just totally was honed in on Buffy and her face and her reactions and that they just didn't ham it up at all or they didn't even, but there was still sort of elements of humor at times. It was just, it was perfect. Yeah. I loved that episode. Yeah. There was a lot of episodes where I, I was feeling like Joss was getting tired of being told by other people why he was such a good writer. Because like, I think that too many people told him that your dialogue is amazing and that's why you're good. Because yeah. that's why he did Hush. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. That's why I'm good, huh? Yeah. I'll do an episode where no one talks at all. Ha ha. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's a bunch of those. Um, and then probably, uh, inevitably, the, the musical comes to mind. As oh, yeah. And you were a big part of making the musical episode happen, were you? Yeah. Um, we, used to, we used to go over to Joss's house and read Shakespeare plays. And by the way, his Hamlet is one of the best Hamlets I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hamlet is uh, a, a play written by William Shakespeare, actually. <laughs> I'm familiar with the man. <laughs> um, he, uh, uh, it's about a, a young person, a teenager, who is trying to decide whether to take revenge for the death of his dad. Mm. And it's a three and a half hour play about, not, about making that decision. And so it's most of the play is like Hamlet going, man, should I do it? I don't know if I should do it. Should I do it? And that can get boring. Mm. Um, and the way that Shakespeare counteracted that was to make Hamlet very funny. So it's kind of like a three and a half hour stand-up routine, really. Yeah, that's a good uh, idea. Yeah. If you're funny. Yeah. And the problem with Hamlet is that most actors who approach it want to prove themselves to be a great actor, so they're very serious about it. And they miss that part of it completely. And Joss wasn't interested in proving that he was a great actor. He was just having fun reading it. He's mm. also a very funny person. And he laid into the comedy, and it, uh, it was just a revelation. I was like, that's how Hamlet can work. Yeah, yeah. That's why Shakespeare's such a good writer. He yeah. knew the problem with the play, and that's yeah. the fix. Um, so, yeah, his Hamlet was great. So we used to, we used to go over, and, and every couple of weeks we'd read a different play, and then we would have a party afterwards, and the wine would come out. And... Um, and I, at some point, I just started bringing my guitar because that's what you do often at if you party. want to annoy people at a party. <laughs> yeah. I'll play my guitar. <laughs> um, but uh, and so we would sing songs and stuff. And then after a while, Joss uh, admitted that he played piano, and he started playing piano, and uh, and other people brought instruments, and it kind of grew into a musical party after. And I think I think Joss said that was listening to all the people sing mm. when he realized that he had a cast with enough uh, singing ability that he could do a musical. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. which point I was like, oh, no, you're <laughs> ruining the show. Man. Really? Did you think it was oh, a jump yeah. the shark moment? I had, yeah, I had no problem singing. I just didn't think Joss could write good music. Yeah. <laughs> I, I and do like, you think he did? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I, I, it, it was a constant like discovering of how good he was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, had, I, I didn't know in the beginning, and, and, and I don't think anybody did, and I don't know if he did. But, yeah. Um, yeah, like I'm a, I'm a punk rocker, so... Like the Broadway musical stuff, I was just like, oh, yeah. God, it's cheesy. Yeah, man. yeah. And uh, I didn't realize how good that he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's big news in the Buffy world and that mm -hmm. there's a reboot on the way. Yeah. It's just very exciting. It's going to be yeah. a new actress playing another Slayer. I don't think yeah. it's going to be Buffy. Nope. Um, what are your feelings about 
this universe coming back so to life again. So relieved that it's not Buffy. Really? Like, <laughs> yeah, because like the ego in me be like, oh yeah, try to recast Spike. But the realist, dare, yeah. <laughs> the realist in me knows that there's someone out there right now that can play a really great Spike, and they would find him. And I would just oh. be like, oh no. I don't think that's true. Well, um, but I, I, I think just even for the audience, I think that. Um, what I was hearing when, when it initially came out and people were worried that it would be another Buffy cast and they would retread it was that it was done well the first time and why, why do it again? And yeah, the writer wrote a really great tweet that I thought I kind of really was like, okay, it's actually in safe hands. Where yeah. She was like, this was my show. I grew up with this. I don't want to do anything to like, yeah. you know, make taint anyone's memories of the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, like when, when you have a writer that, that, that uh, grew up with the material Mm. Like, um, I think of Sam Raimi with Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was his formative thing. Mm. And uh, I think of Peter Jackson with Lord of the Rings. Like, when, when you grow up with something, it's in your DNA. Mm. And you've spent so many nights fantasizing about how to fill in that world. Um, uh, but it, but it, so, so that it's, it, you really bring your creativity to it, but at the same time, you respect it so much that you, that you keep to the original uh, strength of the material. You yes, know? yeah. Um, uh, and so the fact that, that that's her Star Wars, that's the one that I she I love that. Grew that's up. her Star Wars. I was yeah. like, it was my Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and also, she's, she is um, a very successful writer-producer yeah, already. Yeah, she's, she's done a, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, and also the fact that Joss is involved. You mm. know? Um, I think it all means that there's going to be a really interesting take on Buffy. Yeah. Uh, and frankly, I think that the world needs a Slayer right now. Yeah, definitely. There's a few demons over in my country. Yes. That I just, Buffy goes to Washington. Yeah. Oh Buffy my God. Goes to Washington. I like love Mr. That. Smith goes to Washington with a stake. And you know? uh, James, if they give you a call and say we want to bring back Spike. <laughs> now. I don't know. I mean, I know you're a bit older now, and the bit. argument has been that Just vampires are ageist, but I'm sorry, have yeah. you seen Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel? They can do anything <laughs> these days. If they put half the budget of the entire project into making me youthful, yeah, then yeah. yeah, I guess we could, we could talk about that. <laughs> and I got, you know, um, I, I remember telling Joss uh, when, when we were almost done with Angel, I, I went to him and I said, you know, if you have five lines or 50, wherever I am in the world, just give me a call, I'll come running. Mm. But if you want me to play Spike, you have seven years. Yeah. The clock is ticking on his face. So, uh, And, and uh, technology has come along. Um, and uh, so I'm, I would never say no. Yeah. Uh, my feeling would be that, that you'd have to make a way to make him youthful. Um, uh, an aging, like Spike looks really good for his age. Just doesn't have... But, but Spike, like, coming in and seeing Buffy, who is a human being, has aged, oh, yeah. and him just going, no, no, you look fabulous. Yeah. No, no, you look, you look great. You, no, you haven't aged today. You know, that, there's a lot of comedy there. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Uh, but but uh, him, him coming in uh, with uh, gray blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. That. Uh, it would be so good, though. Um, I seen you met up with a lot of the cast uh, just last week in Portland. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys keep in touch? Um, I was actually wondering this. Thing. Apparently, there's an Avengers WhatsApp group, so I was wondering, is there a Buffy WhatsApp group? <laughs> no, we don't have a WhatsApp group. No, uh -huh. I wish we did. Um, but yeah, like there's so so many good people were in that show. Um, I I see them mostly at conventions. Mm. Um, uh, 
but I always love seeing them. Yeah, would you guys hang out afterwards or is it kind of just like seeing an old work colleague? This is, okay, this is, do you want the truth or do you want like... I want the truth. Okay, the truth is, this is very hard for, for kids who come in uh, to either a TV show or a play. Mm. Like, actors, we depend on each other. Uh, um, you have to, you, like it's, you can't be the, your best self as an actor if the other actor isn't good. You are also doing things with each other that are very vulnerable. You have to trust each other very deeply. Mm. And you have to establish that trust and that connection very quickly in order for the whole thing to work. So actors are, are really good at forming a bond within the company that they're working with. Mm. And then when it's over, we actors go to the next job and form that bond with a new group. Right. And so kind of when it's over, it's kind of over. Yeah. Um, uh, and it is, it's, that's why it's very hard for, for, for children when they come into that situation because they feel like they found the best friends in their life. And yeah, they often yeah. kind of get heartbroken when, when it's all over. Yeah, so you have to be careful when there's a when there's a younger person to kind of keep in contact with them and not betray them in that way. Yeah, but when yeah. you've been in the business for a while, you, you know what it is. Yeah, and it's not it it's not bad. It's just it's a it's a beautiful thing about being an actor is that you you have to actually like the people you work with. Yeah, you have to find a way to like them if you don't initially. You have to figure it out. Yeah. Um, um, that being said, every time I see them, and because of conventions. Uh, and I'm so happy to be here doing the Dublin Comic Con. Uh, I get to see Dave, uh, Jason David Frank, who's a good friend. Oh yes, he's yeah. a Green Ranger. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and uh, but I, I love I love seeing people uh, and just kind of catching up with them. Like I, I did a I did an episode of uh, Supernatural. This is years ago. Oh with, yeah, with uh, the uh, Charisma Cordelia. Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember talk. We were we were backstage talking about our kids, and I just suddenly just go. I am so sorry. I've been judging you for years. <laughs> I thought you were horrible. I thought you were evil because you. I thought you were like Cordelia. You, you're such a good actor. Yeah. But you're yeah. a sweetheart. <laughs> and she was like, I always wondered why you never talked to me. And I was just like, I thought you were that cheerleader. And I'm like, I'm not into that. I'm a punk rocker. I, I just, I avoided her like the plague. Oh, God. And so we nev I never gave her a chance. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so it was only when we played a different different character I saw it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I love, I love also being around the Buffy people when we're not massively tired because that was what we were doing Buffy. Yeah. I think I said before we worked 12 to 20 that's hours a long day. long days, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was like good people like, hi James, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. How was your evening? Oh, you didn't have one. That's right. Okay, yeah. let's go back to work. <laughs> so um, uh, it was just refreshing to have, yeah. to see those same people with enough sleep. Yeah, and who was your charming. favorite character um, besides Spike, I'm going to say Buffy as well, on that show. Giles, 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 Giles. Really? Yeah. 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 He was the best actor on the show. He, um, I remember when I first uh, shot with Tony Head, I was just coming off of stage, and I was very proud of myself. Mm. I, was, I, I always used to say, like, there are actors, and they're doing stage, and there are people who want to be stars, and they're in Hollywood. Big difference. So yeah. I came to Hollywood. Hollywood with my nose up in the air thinking that I, I had it all. And I remember shooting with Tony and thinking like, old man, would you wake up? Like, I'm going to mop the floor with you, baby. You better, you better like get some coffee in your system because I'm just steal this scene. And, uh, and then I saw the scene that we shot and he absolutely ruled that scene. Really? He was like a magnet and I was just the other guy in the room. 
And I remember thinking, I, I have to rethink acting for camera. Like the toolbox that I have for theater, it just doesn't really apply in mm. this new situation. And, and I'm so lucky to be on a show with someone who knows the new toolbox so well. Mm. Uh, and I would just, I just, I went back to school and it was the school of Anthony Head and I would just go to the set and watch him work. Even if I wasn't in the scene, I would just sit on a box and, and watch to see what he did or actually what he didn't do because what he wasn't doing, he wasn't acting. He was being very simple and very honest mm. and he wasn't kind of putting out a performance. Uh, he was just being, uh, being honest and letting the camera document a human being being honest. It was a whole different thing. Mm. Um, yeah, so I owe a lot to Tony. Yeah. He also was a, there's a, there's a scene in most stories, either, you know, television or movies, it's called the exposition scene. Yes. And it's, it's the scene where all of the information is dumped out to the audience so that now you know the world, you know the situation, and now we can have a story. But it's usually a hard lift. Like, no actor wants to do the exposition scene. It's just a thankless role. And it's usually, at the, whole, the whole audience is like, oh, okay, now we're learning. Now I'm in school, <laughs> waiting for the story to happen. Um, and they would give that to Tony every single time, every show. And, and he used to complain about it. But the problem was he did it so well. He he, it's so funny now that you're saying it. I'm like, he was always the one who explained the big bad or the monster yeah. of the week. Yeah, but he was so compelling when he was doing it. He mm. didn't realize that, oh, you're in class now, waiting for the story to happen. It was actually still a story. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, and you were speaking earlier about Runaways. Um, yeah. Now, hopefully, I'm assuming it's going to have a season. Three. I would be so surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, it's I'm, going so well over there. We don't have Hulu over here. Um, it is on the Sci-Fi Channel, though. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming Hulu are going to renew it for a third season. Yeah. 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 It uh, like the the head of Hulu said that they love the show. They love uh, watching it. They love the numbers which they don't share with the public, but apparently the numbers are incredibly good. Great. Uh, Marvel is in love with it. They, 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 the writers are back writing the, se the, yeah. the whole season. They're good to go. They've already pitched the season to Hulu. They, Hulu loves the pitch. They are, they are running, they're, they're running their scripts by Marvel. Marvel is, you know, everything's yeah. great. We just haven't gotten the official the word. Official which is, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more confident. Yeah. And I couldn't be more in love with, with the project. I'm, I'm having a blast. Yeah. Um, are you enjoying, you kind of do play a lot of villains. Are you enjoying playing this villain? Yeah. You know, I, this is the first villain that I've played um, that has no fun. Really? Like Spike had fun. <laughs> yeah. He was horrible. He was just slaughtering people, but he was just having a ball. Yeah. And uh, Victor Stein is, is this dude that he hasn't had a drop of pleasure in like 25, 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and, and finding the fun, playing someone who's having no fun is, is kind of the trick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I love him. I think he's actually the hero of the show. Really? Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and do you have a horror movie coming up this year? Abruptio? Is that happening? Abruptio. Yeah. Um, that is, I hope it's coming out. Yeah, you know, it's this, Jordan Peele, isn't it, as well, yeah, who's, of course, yeah. the guy who did Get Out. So yeah. I was very intrigued by that one. Yeah, we did that. Um, you know, it's done with puppets. Yeah. So it's uh, my involvement and Jordan's involvement and all the actors, we, we came in and, and recorded the voices. Yeah. And that took like a day. And then they have this monumental 
uh, work to do to actually oh, right. build the sets and get it all done. It's an independent film, so yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they, they, they raise money and they make as much as they can and then they show that to make more money. And um, I was just entranced. Um, when I read the script, my first reaction was like, I am not doing this. This is disgusting. <laughs> this is just horrible. Like, um, and then I realized, no, this is going to be puppets. This is going to be weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's about a world where uh, they implant explosive devices in the public and everyone's carotid artery, right. and they they tell people like you have to go murder this f innocent family or we're going to explode your neck. Yeah. Uh, and so everyone's kind of blackmailed into becoming villainous, and and it's really bad. Yeah. It's really horrible. Um, but one of my favorite movies is uh, Air America. Is it? Team America. Oh yes, yeah, it's, I love Team America. Oh, God, it's. So good, yeah. And and one of the reasons that it's so good is its puppets. Mm. Uh, that just like the the people from South Park were talking about about their style, mm. and they were uh, they were saying there's there's something about the herky jerky kind of animation on South Park and the herky jerky puppets on Team America that sell their comedy, that make them be able to get away with the kind of things they want to say. Mm. And when they try to do live action stuff, it doesn't really. Doesn't have the same effect. Yeah. And uh, so I was very, I was just fascinated, and and I signed on, and I, I'm I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I don't know when. Like I was, I was, I did another independent film that was all green screen. It was all computer effects. Uh, dragons. It's called um, Dudes and Dragons. Dudes and, and Dragons. Yeah. And um, it's a really specific. I, I remember reading the script in the first five pages. I was like, what the hell? This. And then after five pages, I, I understood the style, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" <laughs> and uh, but it was the same thing. Like a, we went and filmed everything for green screen, and then it took years for them to accomplish all of the special effects because they didn't have. It wasn't Marvel dumping money. Mm. They had to they had to go and figure it out. Um, and now I can't like. Every day, someone comes up to me and says, I just saw Dudes and Dragons. It was on television last night. And it's showing constantly over in the States. Yeah, it's yeah. like this big cult phenomenon. Yeah. And, um, and it worked out great, but it took them a long time to, to get it done. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping the same is true with Abruptio. Yeah, yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing that and Runaways and maybe one day, possibly, <laughs> in the Buffy reboot. But if not... I'll be like, hey, Buffy, yeah. how are you doing? <laughs> oh, you look great, love. It's perfect. <laughs> I don't know. It would I'll be keep amazing. working out, drinking my wheatgrass. <laughs> well, thank you for being such an entertaining, amazing character um, on my TV screen in my formative years. And uh, I hope you enjoy your time in Ireland. Thanks for coming yeah. in. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much to my guest, James Marsters. It truly was a pleasure. Don't forget, if you want to watch the filmed version of the interview, you can catch it up on the telly show on entertainment.ie. Thanks for listening.